At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, we've got a special guest today, Jeremy Lucian, safety for the Baltimore Ravens, joining us to talk about the UDFA process uh, that he went through. Uh, tell us some insights about that. He's had a fine preseason already in two games, and uh, we'll, we'll hit on that, I'm sure, a little bit. And uh, Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, appreciate you coming on. Uh, you're you're uh, come from athletic family, as I understand it. Your dad, a point guard at UMBC. Uh, tell us about any other family members. Um. Yeah. So as you just said, my uh, my dad he graduated from UMBC back in '97, uh, um, and his his journey was kind of similar to mine. Like you know, just coming up from the bottom. Um, he was a walk on his first few uh, years, and then he he eventually became co captain. Um, by his final year, uh, which is really cool. And then, um, you know, I made my debut here for the Ravens a few weeks ago. Um, so it's kind of kind of cool that, like, we both, you know, started to make our name for ourselves in the same area. Um, and then in terms of other athletic family members, so the whole reason I actually started playing football in the first place is because I have an older cousin. His name is Donovan. When I was really little, we used to go over to New York and watch him play high school football every week. And I just remember it was maybe right before I turned seven. I remember telling my parents, like, hey, I want to be like Donovan. Like, can I play football just like him? So pretty soon after that, uh, they ended up signing me up for the uh, the local team back where I lived. And the rest is pretty much history from there. All right. Outstanding. Now, I don't know how highly you recruited work for college ball, but you started your career at UConn and then transferred to Vandy. I guess you must have played with Travis Jones for at least a couple of years at UConn, right? I did, yes. We were we came in together. He was in my class. All right, outstanding. And uh, and the move to Vandy and the SEC, obviously a a, a big one. Uh, talk about that a little bit and how that occurred. Uh, yeah. So started off at UConn. So I played 2018, 2019, 
we were one of the few teams that uh, we opted out of the season for the COVID year in 2020, which was kind of weird. That was the first season since I started playing, uh, like since, since youth football, that I hadn't played, you know, competitively against anybody in the fall. So it was kind of weird just being a spectator, but it was good in the sense that, you know, it gave everybody a time to just heal up, recover from any injuries and just get bigger, faster and stronger. Um, and I definitely saw the benefits of that going into my final year at UConn in 2021. I had the most productive year um, of my career so far. But that being said, things really weren't going the way I had hoped. Um, there were way more downs than ups. Um, well, how was that UConn? So I figured, you know, it was time for a change of scenery. I knew I only had another one more season left to play. And with the league aspirations I had, I knew that I was going to need to go somewhere where I could just have a better opportunity to play against better talent that would better prepare me for, you know, the next level. And I knew scouts would want to see that as well. So after a lot of, you know, discussion with my, uh, my family, we decided that it was best for me to go into the portal and kind of look for a new home. So that's why I was really fortunate to end up at Vanderbilt. As soon as I went into the portal, they were one of the first teams that, uh, that ended up reaching out. And that, I think that was large in part because we actually played Vanderbilt in 2021 while I was at UConn. And that was one of my best games of my, uh, of my season that year. Um, so, you know, they got a, a, an up close view of, you know, what kind of a player I am. So I think that definitely helped me out a lot in ending up at Vanderbilt. That's very cool. And so really challenging yourself with an SEC resume then at that point, uh, coming into the draft, talk about your expectations there. Did you, did you have any thought you, that you might get drafted? Uh, I thought that there was like a, a sliver of a chance. I mean, I'm not, I'm not delusional. So I played, I know I played a pretty good season, but at the end of the day, if you look at my career as a whole, I didn't, I definitely didn't feel like I turned enough heads while I was at UConn coming into Vanderbilt to really be on any, you know, watch lists or anything like that. Um, um, and there was like coming into the SEC, I knew I was going to be competing against other DBs who had been in the SEC for a lot longer, like, you know, doing what they had been doing for a couple of years. Um, so I really would have, if I, I knew if I wanted to get drafted, I was really going to need another year. I figured at the, like at best, it was probably going to be like a sixth or seventh round thing, but I knew that most likely it was going to be an undrafted free agent route, um, that I was going to take, which, which was a win, you know, the goal is just to get your foot in the door somehow. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it ended up working out. I, I want you to talk a little bit about the UDFA process. First of all, I'd love to hear if you were actually involved on the phone. And I, I know a little bit about it from the Ravens' perspective, as they have about 20 different people, scouts and coaches and whatnot, all calling up players they want to get on the on – the, uh, well, it's true of the practice squad, but it's also true right at the end of the draft that they're trying to call up players mm -hmm. and see who they can get to come to camp. Talk a little bit about that process. Yeah, so – it, it, it's funny. Um, the, watching the draft this year in general just felt really, it felt a lot different. You know, like years past, I wasn't in whatever draft class for that year. So I was just kind of watching it as a fan. But like now being part of this process, it just, it just felt really cool. Um, but I knew, you know, day one, day two, my phone wasn't going to be ringing. Um, so I didn't really, what didn't really have any expectations for those first few days. But then day three, like it was a, it was a pretty, pretty long day for me. Um, I had a couple of people over at the house. We, we all knew that it was going to be like, you know, an undrafted free agent type thing. Um, so it's a matter of just, you know, just waiting for the draft to end, seeing who's going to be the first person to call as soon as the draft is over. Um, so I remember talking with my agent at some point during the day. I think it was maybe halfway through the sixth round. 
and he was saying, you know, whoever the first team is to call, like, let's, I think we should go with them. Um, like that'd probably be the best decision to make. And at first I was like, eh, I don't really know if I want to do that. Cause you know, what if another team comes along afterwards might be a better fit. Um, like, do I want to just jump the gun with the first team? But then I, I was, I thought about it more and I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to trust the process, like, you know, trusting God, whatever team that calls first is going to be the right team for me. And I should, literally 30 seconds after the draft ended, um, I ended up getting a call. It said uh, Chris Hewitt on the phone, um, which is the, the cornerbacks coach here. Mm-hmm. So I, I picked up right away. And then, you know, he asked me how I was doing, said I was doing well. And he, the next thing he said was, would you like to come be a Raven? I said, absolutely. Outstanding. And then as soon as I said that, everybody in the room, you know, started going, started going crazy. Just got him, you know, hugs from everybody. Um, so yeah, that's how it happened. They called me right away. So I was so happy. That's that's terrific to hear. The Ravens are on it so bad. I mean, you pr- you you may know this or you may not, but the Ravens have an amazing history of finding UDFA uh, corners and in particular safeties. Uh, who provide real value. The Ravens have always been a, a kind of a dime team. They're a committed nickel now, but but they've been a dime team for most of their existence. And they found all of these, all of this remarkable talent. It's all sixth round or later, a lot of UDFAs, um, including Keaton Mitchell's dad. He was a UDFA, uh, Anthony Mitchell, who made, yep. mm-hmm. you're probably aware, he made, you know, you, it's all over the castle in terms of the paintings and pictures of the of the play he made that uh was probably the biggest play of the 2000 season i remember yeah keaton was one of the first people that i met during uh rookie the rookie mini camp weekend and he was telling us that his dad uh his dad played here yeah uh outstanding so let's talk about some of the basics now we just had some interesting things happening you're you're living in an apartment building somewhere out in owings mills i assume which doesn't have great internet. <laughs> so just to explain some I'm of the things in the background. I'm actually in the hotel. Still in the hotel, okay. And But you went yeah, down to so the lobby Starbucks. <laughs> yes. So so pretty much the way it works is that um, they, so we were, for the first week and a half of camp, the whole team is required to stay in here in the hotel. And there's like, you know, curfew, bed checks, all of that. After about a week and a half, they let the vets, move out and go off to like if you know if they have apartments or houses or whatever like they were able to leave a little bit early after the eagles game rookies were able to move out of the hotel if they wanted to but the thing with me is you know at the end of the day i wasn't undrafted free agent i don't have a lot of money at my disposal right now so an apartment's not really in the cards yet so i was like you know what let me just continue to milk this hotel thing as long as they're willing to pay for it (laughs) um i can you know save a little bit of money and then i won't I'm not going to start looking for an apartment until, you know, probably sometime next week. Um, so, you know, keep a little bit of extra money in my pocket. But, yes, I, I'm still in the hotel right now. That's why the, the Wi-Fi is kind of. Do you, do you get a per um, I don't have my own, my own uh, service provider. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I cut you off there a little bit. But do you have a per yeah, diem for food? Uh, we don't. But I mean, so we get paid weekly. Um, so I guess kind of like it would be working for that. Um, but then they have like all the meals and stuff that we need at the, at the facility. So we really don't need, I really don't need to buy my own food. So you go in for breakfast, take care of your lifting or whatever, classroom, lunch, and then you can get your dinner there as well. Yep. Wow. Sweet deal. 
That's, uh, but it's interesting that this people don't realize that you know being on the practice squad or or you know just starting out in the NFL is is kind of uh, it's a it's a middle class thing. You know you don't you don't have a you know you still don't have a lot of money like you're saying. You, you're not necessarily you don't want to put it three months worth of rent down in an apartment necessarily, right? So that's the next thing. When I do get an apartment, I'm gonna see if I can get something on like a month by month basis because. At the end of the day, I'm confident in my abilities, but you know, in this in this game, anything could happen. Like you could wake up one morning and then they're telling you that they're shipping you off to Seattle. So what I don't want to do is get a really long term lease too soon, and then end up like locked into something that like I, I won't even be living there. Um, so I'm gonna you know just just take it day by day with that. Um, same uh, same reason why like I would prefer not to have a roommate if I can because you know maybe either I end up going somewhere else or they end up going somewhere else and then now there's going to be issues with you know paying for the lease with one person who's not living there anymore so yeah there's a there's a lot of stuff to think about you you have a remarkable amount of foresight with regard to this I'll just say for a pro football player that's <laughs> that's you're really thinking through the the uh, the what ifs I I know that a couple of the Ravens lived in a in a trailer together. Uh, uh, it's, it was a really nice trailer, Bradley Bozeman and Zach Sealer a few years ago, and they've both gone on to, you know, do very well in the NFL. But, but that was, I thought they, uh, an interesting thing that they, uh, they decided to live together and, and, uh, and live in a trailer at that. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about adjustments from college to pro. And obviously it's a big step for everybody. I think everybody understands that, but Talk a little bit about, you know, other than speed of the game, because you hear that from everybody, what, what other adjustments are there from the college to pro game? Um, I would say that the biggest thing is collectively receivers are more polished at this level. So I've, I've played against a lot of good receivers uh, throughout my days in college, but they're just, they're just more of them at this level um, in terms of, you know, route running ability, hand fighting, catching ability, and then the quarterbacks in general can just make tighter window throws. Um, so your technique needs to be even tighter if you want to lock receivers down. Um, and then I, so I, I'm playing safety now, but I came in here as a corner. This is so fun fact. I've never played safety a day in my life before uh, the start of this, this uh, training camp. So I've only been playing safety for about four weeks now. Um, but yeah, so I, I came in as a corner. So that was definitely something that I had to, you know, adjust to because we, um, you know, we, we press a lot here. So, you know, we're always up in somebody's face and my college career, most of the time I was playing off, I can press, but you know, I was playing off man for a lot of college. Um, so that was a little bit of an adjustment coming into, uh, uh, coming into the league. But I would say that things have definitely started to slow down. Just the more reps I get. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure that with even more reps that things will get even better. Uh, that's all very cool stuff, and just the kind of technical information that's fun. What What about your skill set and what you did at cornerback is portable to safety? What do you take with you that might you think might give you an advantage at safety? So I think that the top two things would be one, my brain, and then two, my level of physicality. And so because of those two things, I always kind of like you said, uh, my foresight, I always kind of foresaw myself making a transition to safety. I didn't know when it was going to happen. I didn't expect it to happen this soon. But 
I knew it was going to happen eventually. Um, but while I was playing corner, I was definitely more physical than people expect corners to be. I remember my, my, uh, my career at Vanderbilt last year, I think I had two games where I had maybe like seven and eight tackles. There was a game at UConn where I had nine tackles in the game. Um, so I'm definitely not afraid to get my nose in on the ball and just go fly around and make, and, uh, make contact. And then my brain, I, I'm a smart guy, um, just, to, just to, to put it simply. Um, so I actually, I majored in mechanical engineering while I was at UConn, wow. which was, yeah, yeah, that's usually people's reaction. Um, it, was, it was very difficult. Um, there were a lot of, a lot of late nights doing, uh, doing homework, studying for tests. But um, it was definitely worth it. I don't definitely don't regret doing it. I finished with the managed to finish with a three point three, you know, while playing football at a high level. Um, so that just speaks to just speaks to you know how my brain operates, um, and that definitely translates to the football field. So one of the the main things that they liked about me here with the Ravens is how quickly I was able to pick up the playbook. Um, that's actually why I was able to make the transition to safety so soon because even though I came in here as a corner, I was making sure that I was studying both positions both corner and safety at the same time just because you know i knew eventually i would get moved so what like one of the things i'm talking to prior to coming into the league talking to people who have played db in the league before at various points one of the most common things i hear from all of them is you know something happened at practice and they got thrown in that safety for whatever reason so knowing that i was kind of at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. that to happen to me eventually so i made sure that i was prepared for that um you know like we would be in, in the film room they would put clips up on the on the board and i would be like um one of the people consistently making all the like the calls and checks and the coaches definitely took notice of that so they um they figured that hey like we could probably put this guy in safety and he, he would be able to communicate very well um so yeah i'd say that that speaks to a lot about uh speaks a lot about how my brain operates. That that's that's just fantastic stuff. Great, great to hear. Um, did you did you finish your mechanical engineering degree during your time there, or do you still have some classes to go back for? Maybe a year off did it. I fin I finished it. 
Fantastic. Congratulations, man. That's that's great. There are, I, there are not too many engineering degrees Thank walking you. around in the NFL. Uh, that's... Yeah, it's definitely uncommon, but it's possible. So if anybody listening to this, if, if you are having doubts about playing football and doing something like engineering, just know that it's possible. It can be done. All right, outstanding. Um, let's let's talk about. We, I guess we talked about some other things that you bring to the game in terms of safety technique and whatnot. Are you still looking at possibilities of moving to other positions? Like, for instance, uh, they had you playing a lot of single high in this last game, so it looked like uh, you probably were playing more free safety than anything in this game. Though Houston Carson was back there as well. Um, or the other one I'd bring up because it's so natural and so historic with the Ravens is have you looked at the possibility of jumping in as a dime back in particular, if the Ravens get off a committed nickel scheme? Um, I'm pretty much open to wherever they want to use me. And that, that's the mentality I came in into, um, into this whole thing with, you know, I came in as a corner and here I am now playing safety and, you know, trying to do my thing there. So where, honestly, wherever they want to put me, that's what I'm going to learn how to do. All right, let's talk a little bit about the workday a little bit, because I don't think people understand just how rigorous uh, an NFL camp is. Not only, I mean, they see the two hours out on the field, but they don't see all the other work. Can you kind of take us through your typical workday? <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. Um, so first thing in the morning, uh, we have a we usually have a lift for about an hour. Then after that, so that, that'll start at 7.30. Um, then after that, we'll do our walkthrough for about an hour. Then we'll have meetings from 10 to 12, then an hour break for lunch. And then, so like in that hour break, like, you know, people eat, do whatever kind of pre-practice prep, uh, they need to do. Then we're out on the field for a 120 start for practice. And then on the schedule, it's about two and a half hours, but things go really smoothly at practice. So usually it's a little bit quicker than that. Um, and then after practice is over, we'll have meetings for the uh, for the rest of the night. We'll be out by six thirty, um, so it's about an 11, 11 12 hour day, um, depending on you know when you end when you end up leaving the facility, um, which seems kind of long, but it's funny. It's actually better than college. Because college, we get out even later. I think I'll, I probably won't get back to my apartment until maybe nine nine thirty at night. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely enjoying the shorter days. They take care of you a lot. That's level. So I know when I, when I hear about bodybuilders needing to lift, you know, a ton of time and then sleep for 12 hours often, what kind of, what kind of sleep regimen do they put you guys on? What do they ask um, you? They don't necessarily put us on a regimen. They trust everybody to be adults and like get the right kind of sleep. But so our nutritionists and our strength staff will, they always advise us like, you know, how much sleep you should be getting, like, you know, eight to nine hours a night, if possible, turn off the phones, you know, a certain amount of time before bed. Um, you know, don't be waking up in the middle of the night to go on your phone, play video games or whatever. Um, nutrition also like also goes into that. Um, into having quality sleep and then, you know, keeping the, even keeping the room at a certain temperature. So they definitely like give us a lot of advice and stuff on how to get good, good quality sleep, but they're definitely not hanging over everybody's shoulders. Everybody pretty much knows what they should be doing at this point um, to be able to come in and each day and attack the day. 
All right, outstanding stuff here, Jeremy. This is just terrific. Uh, do you want to talk about this last game against the Commanders a little bit in terms of, of some of the things that went right uh, in particular? Uh, yeah, so it was definitely a, a very physical game. Um, and it, the, whole, the whole thing was fun. I mean, obviously, the, it stung to lose like that at the end. Um, but overall, I did have a good time. And it was a it was a very physical game. I think I finished with eight tackles, a pass defense. I had a, a big QB hit at the end, um, a split second earlier that I would have uh, I would have gotten that sack, and then maybe the outcome would have been different. Um, but it was it was definitely fun to you know get out there and, and fly around in that environment in front of all those people. Um, there is a play that I wish I could have back. So I forget who it was that I was guarding. Um, I think it might've been Hodges, but he was split out wide and he goes to run a curl. They fall started. So they stop the play. They offense lines back up and he goes back into that same split. Yep. So in my head, I'm thinking he's going to do it again. So I'm going to be patient. I'm going to drive it and go pick off the ball. So ball snaps. He starts just running straight down the field. I see his hips start to raise up. And for whatever reason, I didn't break as soon as I needed to. I ended up driving. It was a, it was a catch tackle. He got the ball for maybe five yards. But if I, if I just – that's one of those plays where, like, I, I saw it coming from a mile away. If I just jumped it, I probably could have picked that off. And that was the end zone was right in front of me. It was maybe 15, 20 yards away. That, I would have taken that to the house. Different ball game. So that's something I, I definitely wish I could have that back. Um, but, you know, you, you live and you learn. Um, so I'll take that, definitely take that into this next game against the Bucks. Just um, hearing your descriptions of how you're playing coverage and you know how you're visualizing the play in front of you, it seems like playing on the back end of zone, playing single high, really fits who you are as a coverage player. Uh, because that you know that patient spider approach where you have a chance to undercut a route, you have a chance to lurk on the back end of a of a what I call a loose bracket to to play for an overthrow. You know, this seems to match exactly up with how you think about football. Mm -hmm. I think it, safety in general just feels like a more natural position for me because, yeah, like I, I get to roam around in space and just kind of play off of the quarterback a lot, uh, which I've definitely enjoyed. And then I also, because I have a pretty good nose for the ball, I have better vision on, you know, why it's a run. I can just trigger downhill, fly in there and go try to make a play. Um, so I, I've definitely been enjoying the position change a lot. So uh, we're we're at this point now, and we've got a we've got a key day coming up. So one more one more preseason game. I I, I expect you would get quite a number of snaps in that. Would you agree? Uh, it, it seems like that's going to be the case. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the the number of players that they have still you know taking any snaps at all is 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 greatly reduced, and it's a short turnaround on the week. Talk talk about a little bit about that coming back to play football after only four days off. Um, honestly, I really don't know how much to say about that because like, this is the first time that's ever had, like, I've never had a short week before. Um, so I'm definitely, definitely excited for it. Um, I know they're, they're going to take good care of us this week at practice. So I, I should go into that game feeling pretty fresh. Um, I don't feel too bad right now, you know, just typical post-game soreness, but I, I expect to be, uh, be good by the end of the week. I'm not sure when we'll fly down there because, you know, we're playing down in Tampa. Um, I don't know how long before the game they usually leave, but, you know, excited for the trip. Um, it's it's, it's going to be 
the biggest game of my life to date. You know, this is my third major interview. So just got to go out there, you know, fly around and do what I did the, uh, the past two games. Yeah, just 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 to make sure, it's, he's not talking about this being one of the three interviews either. He's talking about the three preseason games, fairly obviously. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> but, right. uh, but it is a big it is a big job interview. Now, cut down day comes only a week from today, so I, I, you're you're a very grounded person, it seems, in terms of what it is, and I hear that from your draft description. So, uh, do, you know, obviously, everybody fears the Turk on on cut down day. But if it happens, uh, I would think you're a fairly, very high probability, I would say, to make a practice squad somewhere, probably here in Baltimore. Uh, how are you going to approach, you know, just you're, just you're going through the thoughts in terms of, of, of cut down day and maybe managing your own emotions? Um, so, yeah, like I said earlier, I'm not a delusional guy by any means. So I, even though I've, I have, I feel like I've been having a pretty solid camp. I've done a lot of good things and show like shown a lot of good potential. At the end of the day, we do still have like a lot of really, really good depth um, at the, uh, at the safety position. So most likely it'll be a, a practice squad type deal, but honestly, like that, that is a huge one for me. Um, if nothing else, because it'll just give me a full year to just develop at the safety position, because this is still safety is still new to me. Um, even it does feel like a more natural position for me than corner. But at the end of the day, because I don't have like, you know, years of experience playing it, I still need to develop that, that savvy that you need as a safety to be able to like, to truly impact the game. So I think that, you know, a year to develop would definitely be really good for me. But that being said, if, if I do end up on the, the roster somehow, you know, like getting elevated for, for a game on any given week, that would be awesome too. I would, love to get out there and, and fly around in a regular season game. Like, you know, that would be really fun. Um, but that being said, you know, if, if it ends up being the case that, you know, they call me into the office, say they're going to wave me to bring back to the practice squad, I'll take that as a win, 100%. All right. Outstanding. And uh, obviously the Ravens aren't the only team out there. And with what you've put on tape in these first couple of games, I would think there's going to be other teams that would be interested uh, and, uh, anyway, uh, really looking forward to seeing you play in Baltimore and continuing a long tradition of, uh, of quality safety play here. Uh, anything else you want to talk? Oh, I know what I want to ask you about. I'm planning for life after football. How about that? So uh, whether it comes, you know, in a year or two, or whether it's eight years down the road, you know, there will be a life after football at some point. Are you thinking of being an engineer? Um, so the tough part with that is that, Throughout college, I was never able to do any kind of internship. I've done a couple of job shadows, but I've never done like a hands-on internship because I was just always on campus for football. So there was never any time. And then the farther you get out of college, mm -hmm. the harder it is like to just go right into the field. So I think I would likely need to either go back to school or try to, you know, figure like find a connection where I could get some, some kind of job and like, you know, just work my way up. Um, in the engineering world, but I, I don't see that as something happening, something that would happen right away. Um, but if I do get an engineering job, I would definitely, I know for sure I would want to do something hands-on. Um, I've never really been super into like an office kind of job or like a desk kind of job. I would want to be like, you know, out in the field doing something like building something. Um, and then aside from that, a little like kind of side hustle thing that I think I might want to do is something cooking related. So another fun fact, I'm, I'm huge into cooking and baking. Um, that all started back during 
the uh, in in twenty twenty during the pandemic, um, I spent so much time at home because you know after the college just sent students home for the rest of the year in like March. Um, that was the longest period of time that I had been home since coming into college. So I was just, was just sitting in my house, just bored out of my mind. I had no idea what to do with myself. So I eventually just started to just learn how to cook. I learned a bunch of different recipes. At this point, I have a bunch of things under my belt that I know how to make. Um, whenever I go back home, I, so one of the things that I love to make is uh, cinnamon rolls. I'll make them from scratch, like the dough and everything. And I started like kind of a mini business. So whenever I go home, I'll take orders from a bunch of different people in the area. I'll give them like, you know, a, a half dozen or a full dozen, however much they want. Uh, I think the most, the largest number that I made in one sitting was maybe 108, 108 rolls. It took me all day to make and deliver. Um, but that's something like, you know, I started doing on the side while I was home. And then during, what was it? fall 2020 through the spring of 2022 while I was at Yukon, I would sell um, seafood mac and cheese. I would make that to my, make that in Connecticut, make it for my teammates. Uh, I would, you know, take orders from them. Then I would, I would make mac and cheese and put like, you know, salmon, shrimp, uh, crab, and a little bit of lobster in it. Everybody loves that. So that is something that I've kind of fallen in love with over the years. So I think that one day I might, try to open up some kind of a food business, maybe a food truck or something. Um, you know, it's still a work in progress. I have a lot of time to think about that, but that's also, also something I might see myself doing. Fascinating. That is a, that is a great oh. idea. As a, as a guy who was an actuary and wanted to really do football, I completely understand the desire to have a, a, a change in career or at least a second career that, that really matches up with your love and not necessarily exactly what your education was. And I could use football to market that. I think that would go really well. So, yeah, I bet. Uh, Jeremy, absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, I really uh, appreciate you taking the time today and working through some of these technical difficulties we have yeah. had in, in terms of getting you a connection. Uh, do, do you want to give out any information on where people can ask you a question online about football? Um, we don't have to. <laughs> Kind of thing. I mean, I guess people could uh, shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter. Okay. I think I, I'm pretty sure all my stuff is public. Yeah. So people should be able to message me on there if they have a question. All right. And you are uh, at J underscore Luke 21. That's L at J underscore L U C 21 if you, uh, you want to get a question to Jeremy. Uh, much appreciate you coming on, uh, Jeremy. And uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to do a film study short, hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter, and I'll get back to you very quickly. Jeremy, thanks again for coming on. Thanks again for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.